Greetings, Raider Nation, and welcome to the Raider Nation podcast. And I am your host, as always, Raider Greg, with today's Raider news, or this week's Raider news, anyways. There's not a whole lot of things happening in the Raiders, but there's a whole lot of things that are happening in the NFL. There's a whole lot of things going on with me. I got a cold, so please bear with me. Uh, my voice is going to be a little bit crackly, and I'm sure I'll be a cough or a sneeze in there. But uh, I must podcast nonetheless. Now, Raider fans, there's a whole lot of talk about the coaching staff. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Combine. We have a couple of insiders that are letting us know who the Raiders are interested in. So I'll throw those names out and we'll have some discussions. There's a controversy. When isn't there a controversy in the Raider Nation? On what Al Davis is doing hiring Tom Walsh and, of course, letting John Shoup um, both, I guess, are going to share the uh, offensive coordinator position. However, it's looking more like Tom Walsh is going to be the main man. And I have a story just on the Tom Walsh offense. And I want to, just before I even get started with the show, I want to talk to the Raider fans. Now, there's some fans out there, and I will go over these um, comments that are on our website at the end of the show. Uh, I'm not going to start off with those because uh, I'll, I'll leave them for the end when I'm done. You know, I love the Raiders. Let me just tell you, you know I love our Raiders. You know I have a passion for this team, and I love to have them stay here in Oakland. Um, it's it's a great thing to do. It's great. It's just great to have the team here. And uh, I hate to say anything bad about them, but yeah, I'm not going to whitewash things. And I'm not going to, you know, be the eternal optimist saying that, Things look, you know, will look better. They look better. I could be an eternal optimist, of course, if I agreed with any of the moves that Mr. Davis is making. Um, This is not, you know, in any way a a slam on Al Davis because I respect the man, as you all know. I'm glad he's our owner. However, his decisions um, in this offseason have been just unbelievably, and for me personally, depressing. And I'm not going to whitewash that. I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to kowtow to people telling me that, you know, you're being too negative. Uh, Randy, my partner, says, oh, don't be negative. Well, it's not being negative. It's being a realist. I'm being a realist about the season. I'd love to see us do well, but it's not looking that way. And I'd love, boy, there's nothing more than I'd love to eat my words at the end of this season and say, boy, what a loser I was. I, I didn't know what I was talking about. Wow, I'm sure glad I was wrong. Um, but I don't think so. So I have my opinion on the whole thing, I, I and I will go over that with you. So uh, we're going to go over a couple of things. Like I said, on the Combine first, we'll go over the, uh, the Tom Walsh story. And then, of course, I'll go into the comments section of the Raider Nation podcast. I want to thank you guys for frappering. we got a couple of new frapper guys. I'll go over those, too, towards the end of the show. Okay, Raider Nation. Let's see what's happening here, who the Raiders are looking at in the Combine. Um, There's a lot of talk here also about our $31 million over the salary cap. I do believe there's a whole lot of movement there on our team. I think that uh, they're making the right moves, getting rid of Collins, I hope and pray. Uh, Looks like that's going to happen. We're not going to pay him his bonus unless he goes down to way low numbers, which I don't think he will. I hope he doesn't. 
Um, it looks like we're headed for a divorce. Thank goodness we can get rid of that guy and start looking for some of the the nice, there's good, some good free agents out there. I'll talk a little bit about that too. <clears throat> Matter of fact, I'll talk about it right now. Drew Brees uh, is out there, uh, and I know you know that. Uh, he was released um, by the San Diego Chargers, not putting a franchise tag on him, so he's out there. Now, I know he's a bolt, but I'd rather have a bolt than a nut like Kerry any day of the week. Drew Brees is true, shown to be a true competitor. He does have a great long pass, much more accurate, and his short passes are pretty sharp too. Um, but, you know, uh, Kitten is another one that we could look at too. McGowan from Arizona. I keep going over these names, but there's a whole lot of openings, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about those too in a little, a little, bit, little while. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now the combine news is... Uh, Maurice Drew's getting a lot of attention from the Oakland Raiders. He did sit down with them as far as um, and, and letting them him know that they were interested in him. He's a running back from UCLA, and he is a powerhouse. And if anybody saw college last year, you know uh, Maurice Drew was a real um, di difference maker in that team. Strong running back, real strong. Um, I like his running style, and we do need two running backs. For all those people who think we've got one and it's all we need, uh, that's not true. We need a tag team. Uh, Crockett, as much as I love that guy, I do love him. And, you know, a lot of that had to do with the offensive line. But we could use an additional running back because um, Fargus just wasn't making it. So I think if we can get rid of Fargus and pull someone else in that's a little more explosive like this kid, we might be able to work some things out and make some good runs. We'll see. Offensive tackle, Marcus McNeil out of Auburn. <clears throat> he is a great prospect, and uh, the Raiders have talked to him and let him know that they're interested, and we will uh, take a look at that. By the way, we lost our coin to us. If you haven't heard it, they're rubbing that in your face all day long today. Yes, the Raiders lost the coin toss. Some even, someone even called it the Battle of the Bay coin toss. Please, give me a break. It's a flip of a coin. We did get the seventh draft pick, however, so we will be picking right after the 40 winers, and uh, hopefully we'll get some good players. Another one, offensive tackle, Jonathan Scott out of Texas. Great player, big guy, strong guy, did a very good job. And uh, he he could he could be a guy too. So we're looking at our offensive line too, which is nice to see. Now, of all the running backs that are out there, uh, the tallest is Gilbert Harris of Arizona, six foot tall. That's a big, tall running back. Maurice Drew is the shortest at five foot six and three quarters. Um, the, the lightest is Reggie Bush at USC at 201 pounds. Of course, you know what he's all about. He's going to go right away, probably to the Texans. Um, now, we also looked at a, a center, Mike DeGore, um out of Florida. So the, uh, the Oakland Raiders are actually looking at some players we could use because we definitely need an offensive line, and we could certainly use another running back. You know, we need a lot of positions on this team. We definitely a linebacker. Goodness gracious. So there's a whole lot going on there as far as as what the Raiders can do in this draft. And uh 
I think that uh, if we could get Drew, that would be a great pickup for the Raiders. And the fact that they're looking hard there, I don't even know who's who's there looking. Um, I I tend to think Lombardi is the strong piece in this whole uh, situation. I think Lombardi is the one that's holding the coaching together until everybody gets it together back in Oakland. Uh, it's a hard thing to see, but uh, he's a sharp guy. And I always wonder why they didn't make him GM. He's like an advisor. He must be just far enough out of the, the Davis magnetic pull to uh, make some of his own decisions. But Al Davis seems to trust him. He is a sharp guy. You hear him on... Uh, uh, 1050, he, he's someone that I respect. He has a good opinion on things, and he, he definitely has an idea of where the team's going. So that's a good thing. Um, there's a whole lot going on as far as the, the, the combine. I'll be going over that some more as we start to get a little bit closer. Uh, there's another issue here that's out, out there. Um, that that is really kind of hanging out there. It's the Players Association and the NFL, and if they can get it together before a deadline somewhere in March. Well, there's a whole lot of money that's going to be at stake here, and it looks like the, the union's digging in, and we don't have to go through another strike because, you know, that sucked. That was the deadest year I can remember. And I hope these two two ends get together because as as a union representative myself, I know there's a whole lot of ins and outs and things that, that you know, we, we're not going to understand. Not that we won't understand it, but there's a whole lot of things going on behind the scenes that uh, we're not privy to, put it that way. And in that case, <clears throat> there could be big money. You know, we want to get this deal done, and so we all can move on. That's a for sure, an absolute for sure. Now, I'm going to go to one of my favorite forums, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on um, about Tom Walsh. Now, as you know, Tom Walsh is hired to be our offensive coordinator. And I'm telling you, I'm just telling you like it is, Raider Nation, because that's just the way it is. And I'm just not going to dance around the subject. And I'm not going to be a whatever Al does is a great thing kind of guy. Because that's just not who I am. And you can email me or put it on the comment section. You don't like what I have to say. Whatever. But I'm telling you the truth. And I'm telling you it from my heart and from experience that I've seen. For crying out loud. And so... You know, I wasn't, you guys all know that I wasn't real happy with the shell hiring, but I was warming up to it. it. took me a couple of days to think, okay, let's see who we get as offensive coordinator, and that'll make a big difference on what happens because way back when, when Shell got booted out, I really think all he needed, really needed, was a new offensive coordinator. Well, guess what? Guess who we have back? We have Tom, I forgot the last play I called Walsh back. Okay, <clears throat> now back in 94, there's a whole lot of things happened, and I'm going to go through a list of things 
that Tom Walsh is going to do for our team. <laughs> and whether you agree with me or not, you're going to have to listen, or you can turn me off if you want, but that's just the way it goes. He's going to save our, he's going to solve our Kerry Collins problem because he'll get Kerry Collins killed like he did to Jeff Hostetler. Hostetler was sacked 55 times in 1994, and he got beat up and injured. And the problem was Walsh's system. It required the line to hold and hold and hold an unusually long time. Does that sound familiar? Three and a half to four seconds so that the running, the, the wide receivers could get far enough down the field um, that they could make those long, long, long passes. Um, with all due respect, even with, even with speed, it takes a long time for those guys to get down the field. Okay, so do you remember Derek Thomas getting four or five sacks against us in a game? Um, and he went to the Pro Bowl every year just because of us. Yeah, you remember that? Derek Thomas, the Bills, used to work us over. They work us over twice. Ugh. Anyways, you can expect the Raiders to lead the league in penalties as they did in 1994 with 156. You see, many of those penalties were holding calls because the offensive line could not hold and they could not hold back the defense long enough for the quarterback to throw the ball thus the sacks and the holding penalties um, because of this ancient fossilized vertical offense from the Jurassic Age and that's a fact and that sounds vaguely familiar of last season it's exactly what happened to our offensive line they got beat and pummeled and injured because they had to hold the line so long because Kerry Collins was told to throw the long ball. The long ball is fine as an offense, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. And you have, these days, you have to throw in some short runs and some short passes to mix things up. However, that doesn't seem to be happening. As in 1994, you can expect the Raiders to always run on first down. As a result, the defenses will counter with eight men in the box in a 5-3 cover, one defense, they will shut down our running game down despite this. You can expect Walls to run the ball straight up the gut. Same on second and third down and second on long second and long situations. Run the ball up the gut. Back then Tim Brown, Tim Brown was seen on the field throwing his hands up in disgust. Oh, uh, you know, what what the hell's going on when Walls called plays that were not appropriate for the down and the distance? Brown's gestures were exasperations, and they were direct, directed right at Walsh's play calling. You can expect the play to be very conservative with the lead, and he will not allow the offense to play to win. He'll put the burden on Rob Ryan's defense and his shoulders. The winning will either happen or not happen. While we bite our nails and scream and yell, this is what will happen. You can expect us to go into into triples and multi-wide receiver formations only on third and fourth down and long if we make those decisions before we punt. You will see a no-huddle offense once and only once as he did in a particular game versus Tampa Bay to win the game and, of course, never see it again. You'll see a very predictable play calling and no halftime adjustments whatsoever, no adjustments to things as simple as Eight men in the box, you know, pass the ball. 
That's what happened in 1990 and 93 when we went to the AFC playoff game and got throttled by the Bills. It's just, they just crowded in the box, crowded the box, stopped our run, and that was the end of that because he didn't change his play calling. First down, second down, third down. First down, second down, running. Third down and long, a bomb play that never seemed to work because they were always ready for it. Very predictable play calling. You will see fights on the sideline between Walsh and his quarterback, his receivers. Puzzled look on the face of Art Shell like he had before with his arms folded as he stands there with his, with his belly sticking out. I hate to say that, but that's what it reminds me of. You'll see Shell lose the locker room because of the lack of respect because he's not seeing what's happening on the field. And Walsh is just an idiot with his headset on and nothing happens between the two. <clears throat> Seems like there's no communication between Shell and Walsh and it didn't seem like that the entire time they were together. If the Raiders have a quarterback that has a pair of or has sack like Hostetler, he'll change the plays in the huddle like 94. Why? Because Walsh's plays did not make any sense. Now, Haas got in trouble for this, but, you know, that's just the way it goes. And I'm sorry, currently we have no Marcus Allen, no Bo Jackson, no Iris Dick Dickerson, nobody really uh, that, that, str that strong of a runner. And believe me. It's not that I don't like Lamont Jordan, but he's just not that good of a runner to put up with this type of offense. And that's just what happens. The list could go on and on, but suffice this to say that uh, in 1994, ESPN reported at the end of the season that Haas had had enough of this offense, and that was a factor in Shell being shown the door. But it wasn't Shell's fault, like I said before. He should have had a new offensive coordinator to make things a whole lot easier. Someone who could work with him. So what did we need? What do we need to make things happen? Well, I can tell you what we need to make things happen. Whether it'll happen or not, it's not up to me. Okay, because the thing is, I don't make all the decisions, and obviously not, or if I were king. But here's what we need to have happen. We need an offensive coordinator that's not Tom Walsh that Shell can trust and won't worry about losing his job over. Coordinator who knows how to run the vertical offense and a West Coast offense at the same time so that we can use a vertical offense when we have it in the middle of the field and then that West Coast offense to get us in the red zone and make touchdowns. Hey, what a concept. She could have used it last year, last season, I'm sure. We didn't see any West Coast-style offense when we were in the red zone. Thus, our red zone sucked. We also need a coordinator who can do, who's not so predictable, who's not so, you know, just like last season. And I have to tell you, this last season with Jimmy, I know what you're going to call Ray, we knew exactly what was going to happen. Matter of fact, several fans around me called the plays before they happened, and it was almost funny to see the plays happen, and the other team adjusted for them way before the plays ever happened also because they know exactly what's happening too. This is a problem with the Raiders and has been a problem for the last couple of seasons. We need an offensive coordinator who's not afraid to change it up and not afraid to, to go out and get a victory instead of sitting on the league. We need, a, we need to keep the defense guessing and force adjustments while we play different plays, and do different things like Pittsburgh did this season. We need someone who can manage a clock. Boy, when Shell was a coach, he was a terrible clock manager. I remember times just screaming at the top of my lungs, what are you doing? 
And you know that that's the way we lost games because of clock management. It was unbriggin believable. We need one who's not going to get our quarterback killed by calling these ridiculous long ball plays that takes too long to develop because that's just Walsh's M.O. He makes these long-ass plays that are just too long for this time and age. With the speed in the NFL these days, and call it what you want, you can call it twisted any way you like, but I'm telling you the game is much faster now than it was in 1994. If you don't agree with me, give me a comment like I told you. And we need a coach, offensive coordinator, who's going to play to win the game. Now, a lot of these comments um, I'm sharing with you are from the Westside Pirate, a columnist from the Raider News. But I threw my stuff in there, too. And I wanted you fans to know that that's exactly what we can expect next season. So don't be surprised. And I'm hoping that I'm wrong, but I'm probably not. And, you know, from what I see... I, I don't think Tom Walsh has changed a lot with his bed and breakfast experience. Also, I'm sure the mayor's position helped him out with figuring out long offenses and West Coast offenses, but I don't know who's going to teach him football all over again, but somebody is going to have to. Okay, so on that note, now let's go to my comment section and check out. You know, I just see a lot of forums and a lot of people that are very upset and these aren't just the quirky fans that you see on a lot of the postings and a lot of the forums these are diehard Raider fans these are guys that have been around the block with the Oakland Raiders from the 60s and the 70s these are people who are very very well versed in the Raider history and so this is not like I'm talking out of my butt because I'm talking from, these are people that are, not me, but these are people who are saying it, that's what's set right there and watched it happen right in front of their very eyes. Um, and they saw it then and they were happy to see it dissolve just like we're happy to see Kerry Collins leave. And I'm just telling you, this is not, this is a, a big deal if you haven't felt it already, then you're going to feel it soon when the season starts. I hope I eat my words. I hope you all can just give me emails left and right when we start having victories next season. I will take every one of them. I'll eat crow. I'll eat fried crow and barbecued crow. I'll eat crow on a stick. I'll eat crow stew. I'd love to do that if our Raiders are winning. So... <clears throat> Not to beat a dead horse, but I'm just beating it up because I want you guys to know where I'm coming from. Okay, to the Raider comments page. Here we go. I'm a Raider, Oakland Raider, from the Bay to LA to Las Vegas, because I'm a player, a Wolves player, and if you with me, pop me assassin. He writes cool breeze. So, you know, he also goes into how both Vermeil and Gibbs spent a lot of time away from the game and he came back to be successful. But let's take a very close look at the Vermeil and the Gibbs situation. First of all, Joe Gibbs. Now, he was a very, very good coach. Much better coach than Shell. He did come back and he had some growing pains. It what took him a long time to get things going. And let me say, the owner of the Redskins has huge deep pockets and is not afraid to throw money out there 
Gibbs had the advantage of having high-priced, very good assistance that helped him all the way, all the way up to the playoffs today. This, I mean, this year. So Gibbs has an advantage because the ownership is behind him. The ownership lets Gibbs make those decisions. The ownership makes Gibbs, lets Gibbs call plays. The ownership lets Gibbs pick his draft picks and set up his team, unlike the Oakland Raiders. So let's not compare the Gibbs situation to the Raiders situation. Now, Vermeil, there's another champion coach, a great coach, a good offensive mind, someone who's a very adept at football. He also came into a situation with the Rams and the Chiefs, and with the Chiefs, he also had money. He had total support from ownership. He had free reign. He had great assistance. Once again, Vermeil could pick his offense, and Vermeil could pick his players in the draft. He could make changes in the offense. He could do what he wanted to do as long as he was winning. Now, that's a huge difference when you talk about the Oakland Raiders. Raider fans, you cannot compare those coaches to any Raider coaches. I don't care, Gruden even, because the Al Davis factor makes the Oakland Raiders a different animal, altogether different. So the assassin, you're right on the money, but you know you have to look at Joe Gibbs, like I said, as far as keeping the faith uh, and Collins' 4,000-yard season with the Giants goes, is what he's saying. Uh, he's, he ain't buying it. And you know what? I ain't buying it either. Now, Drew Brees did hit the market, and we're, I hope we are actively looking at him. But I don't know. There's no news about it. Now, he's disgusted about the Tom Walsh hiring, as I am, with, com with uh, Ken Weisenhunt, uh, Mike Martz, and all kinds of other people that were up for the job. We ended up with the guy who was playing politician in Swanville, Idaho. Well, he also writes there, bye-bye Charles Woodson, which I'm kind of happy about too. Um, Charles never did really develop to his full potential. He did have a great possibility, but he never fulfilled it. Once again, like a lot of players, like Gibson, their number one draft pick, who, by the way, will be leaving as well. A.J. Hawk would be a nice in silver and black. I absolutely agree with you, Assassin. He surely would. Just as Ray Lewis would look good in silver and black, and we can ship Kerry Collins right on over to the Baltimore Ravens, which I think would be a wonderful thing for them. And Ray Lewis would be a wonderful thing for the Oakland Raiders. Okay, Alex, QB question. Are the Raiders going to shop? For QBs in the 2006 draft, I don't like Collins or Tui. We already have Walter. He, he is a starter material, and the Raiders uh, have good draft have a good draft number in the first round. So they could make Walter compete for backup, but then you need to get rid of Tui, Tui and Collins. Well, uh, Alex, let me say this. I don't think the Raiders are going to shop for another rookie quarterback because that's just not how Al Davis does things. I think our best chance here is if we find a veteran like Culpepper, McAllen, uh, Kitna's a good... I just like that Kitna choice myself, as Raider Take does as well. Uh, Drew Brees would be another one. Although, like I've said, Alex, I don't hear a lot of talk going on about 
the quarterback search. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. As long as I get rid of Collins. And he also writes on another note, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look to me like the Raiders are a happy team. The teams that win are teams that are of good chemistry and play well together. Not people like that are just, not the people who are just making money for themselves or making themselves look good. I just get that vibe. I get it anyway. So he's not sure if it's true. Um, especially after Rane's comments at the end of the season. Well, okay. There is a bad chemistry in the locker room. You know why? Because we're losing. That's why. Whenever you have a losing team, there is bad chemistry in the locker room. There's not a lot of good chemistry when you don't have any wins. Players don't get to play. Receivers don't get to catch the ball. Running backs don't make very much yard. It's not a happy situation. But that's what I'm talking about as far as the chemistry in the locker room. And Shell's job is to be the 385-pound cheerleader to get in there and do his job and fire up this team. Well, he can do that only so long and till, until we start getting some victories. If he can hold the team together and get them cheered up and get that positive chemistry going in the locker room, then perhaps uh, we can have some victories and it will perpetuate itself and all those situations in the locker room will go away just like they do any other team that is winning. Okay, Sir Raider from Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Quit your griping, he says. This is I like this one. Sir Raider throws it out there. And this is what I like all the fans to do. I've got no problem with Art Shell as a head coach. I, for one, ha um have not been happy with the coaches since Art Shell was fired, including Gruden. So he didn't like Gruden. As I recall, the whiz kid Chucky got out coached on occasions when we needed him the most. Billick in the AFC Championship. Uh, Mike Holgram at, at least once a year in Seattle. Uh, this group will respect Art Shell and his, his plan, unlike Norv Turner, of course. Norv Bird is what he calls him. Well, on that particular part of your comment there, Sir Raider, I have to disagree with you 150%. I don't need to go any more into the Art Shell situation because it's not him. It's not him. You think it's him? It's not. It's Tom Wallace going to make this happen for them. As I recall, Art has been out of coaching since 2000. I believe it was an offensive line coach in Atlanta after leaving the Raiders. Now many years have gone by. Vermeil was out of league for a decade before he came back and won a Super Bowl. I already told you about Vermeil and Gibbs. He throws those two, two names out. Please comment again because I'm telling you right now, it's like apples and oranges. It's more like apples and dirt clods because there's totally different matter between both of them. You cannot even bring those two guys into the conversation when you consider Al Davis. How many times have the tuna retired? He goes on to say all this other stuff. Well, I don't care who the coaches are. The tuna, Joe Gibbs, Vermeil. When you have Al Davis as the owner, you cannot do what those coaches have done because Al does not allow them to hire the staff. He doesn't allow them to do the things they need to do to be successful in the way they need to be. And now Sir Raider also says he doesn't have a problem with Kerry Collins at QB. He has experience in his 4,000-yard 4, season with the Giants, and he goes on to say he needs to, we need to protect him and establish a running game. 
when it comes down to off chemistry on the offensive line. Gallery and Grove need to step it up. We need to get rid of Barry and look behind you. Insert name here, Sims. He has nightmares about Jason Taylor. Of course he does. Taylor worked him over. Once again, Sir Raider. It is not the offensive line that's the problem with Kerry Collins. It's Kerry Collins. He can't throw a slam pass to save his life. He can't throw a short ball. He's very, very poor in accuracy. He sucks. The only reason he got very many yards this season, he threw long balls to Randy Moss, and he caught just enough of them to give him some nice yardage. That's all. That's it. Period. I don't care who's on the offensive line. Kerry Collins is not the quarterback for the Raiders. And you know what? I think there's a majority of Raider fans that have to agree with me, and that's what I'm seeing, and that's what I'm saying. So, love your comment. Don't agree with you. Now, he talks about Collins to Moss, Lamont Jordan factor, and the 25 carries a game. He talks about this opposing secretary would disappear. You know, he's talking about Champ Bailey chasing Randy Moss. Well, he won't. He can chase Randy Moss all over the field because Kerry Collins is going to be on his back. He's going to fumble. He's going to throw an interception or just throw a ball out of bounds. Let me tell you once again, Sir Raider, Kerry Collins does hold the Raiders' season record for balls thrown out of bounds. Enough said about that. <clears throat> and I must say, I love your comment. Keep them coming, Sir Raider, because they're always welcome and I like to read them. Okay. SN Sinbatik. I don't know what that is, that name. S N B A T C K. That's who's on the comment section. Next Raider QB. How about getting Drew Brees if he comes available as a free agent? And he has. He talks about Josh McGowan, as I as well. They're both better than Collins. They're younger also. Colin throws too many passes. Um, to the other team, of course, and Culpepper cost too much, but we could get Culpepper, and he did have a bad injury, but it could be a better thing. I'd rather have Culpepper than Collins. At least Culpepper's a gamer. At least Culpepper has a, has a passion for victory. Collins is the proverbial statue of a deer in the headlights. That's what he looks like. That's what he reminds me of. So, uh, as the assassin came in earlier, and this is in February uh, the 20th, Archell has rumored that he's going to hire the mayor of Swanville, Tom Walsh, as their offensive coordinator. Oh, my gosh. Yes, he did, and that's where we are. Uh, but the thing I like about this post and the assassin, man, i got to send out some love to you, brother. He says, stay positive, Raider Gag. Anything is possible in the land of Oz. You're absolutely right. Everything is possible. Anything is possible. But like I've said it, and I will say it again, I call it like I sees it, and that is how I see it. That's how I see the team. That's how I think see the team going. I'd love to see the team go in a different direction, but that's not happening. So we have a whole lot of things going on. Uh, we have the draft on the way. Um, we have the combine, of course. We're going to check out some players there, too. I want to remind you Raider fans to, to Frapper. we got 40 Frapper guests on there. we got to get some more people on there. Get your picture going on the Frapper map. You know what I'm saying? I want to see you guys. It's cool. we got a new Frapper guy from Westminster, California. Let's go down the Frapper map and, and give a shout-out to the Frappers. Because I love this map, man. It's very, very encouraging. So it's nice to know that the fans are out there and they're still alive and kicking. Because you know what? I've heard people say, football's over. 
as far as I'm concerned, football is never over. It's not over because there's so much going on. Richard Oncampo from Westminster, California puts his in. We also have Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus from Greenland. That's very cool. Dan Freeburn from North River, New York. Love that one. Timinator. Timinator from Colorado Springs. WAB from West Palm Beach. Raider Bill from Mitchville, Iowa. Very cool. Jason, Charlotte, North Carolina. Riz from La Jolla, California. Chris Mantuan from New Jersey. Hairker, Hairker from Phoenix, Arizona. Manuel from Camarillo, California. Adam Smith, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Brian Rowe, Peoria, Illinois. Frank, San Jose. Frank, I ran you into you at the uh, Mac Expo. How you doing, man? Nice to nice to see you there. You're on the frapper. B Rad, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. J Kaysville, Utah. So you guys keep those uh, frappers coming. Uh, got Harvey Rip Robinson and Dave from the UK. Matter of fact, Dave, I got some CDs coming to you from from last season. Uh, my partner Randy made some beautiful CDs. They're awesome. They're a whole season. They're all the videos and all the podcasts all wrapped up into one beautiful, nice package. So they're on their way, so you should get them pretty soon, Dave. Okay. Of course, I have to always put a plug in for my brother, uh, Nils, Nil Billy Boy. He is a true Raider through and through, and i got to give a shout-out to you, too. And, of course, Randy. Randy, the Raider. Randy, the bald Raider. My partner for the Berkeley Fire Department is uh, always going on. You can see the website's always changing. That's Randall. He's awesome. He is so awesome when it comes to this stuff. It's great. Timmy. The New York Raider. Tommy, the New York Raider. Sorry, Tommy. You keep putting your stuff in there too, brother. Fabian. I love seeing you guys. I love hearing from you guys. And we have this geek on here, the Warpath. Some guy from the Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders suck. You know what? I'll tell you. I've said it before on other podcasts. The Chiefs need to get it together. They're so... Their whole website is full of the Raiders suck. They need to get a life. They need to find someone else to hate. Um... They really hate us. It's kind of funny. I like it. I like it. Okay, Raider fans. One thing I want to remind you is tickets are on sale. They go on to the general public. I believe it's in March, March 16th. Get your tickets. There are plenty to be had. And sit your butt in a seat and watch a game. Make some noise. And get this doggone team fired up. Because Raider Nation, we got to get on it. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Raider Nation Podcast, and I'm your host, Raider Greg, and I am out.